0: before we get started, I need you to do me one favor. Pull out your phone and text this number 501-214-4307. I just want to text you a couple of times a week, send you some fun messages, videos, just to encourage you on your unconventional journey. Again, all you got to do is text 501-214-4307. I just want to be your friend, y'all. Just text me.
1: I didn't want to do something I hated for 40 years to then enjoy life in retirement, even though that's what everyone told you to do. Like, that's the norm be loyal to your company, blah, blah, blah. That just wasn't for me. So, I quit my job, backpacked around South America actually for a couple months. And being down there, I realized that there is way more to life than just doing what I was doing in Chicago. So, when I came back, moved to Raleigh and started my first business. And, you know, really everyone said I was crazy, but to me, I didn't want to have the regret of not trying at least. Born with palsy. I have always felt small.
0: I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to suffer. And I'm
1: proud to be an individual.
0: This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader.
1: Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted.
0: Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt.
1: We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up, use their voice,
0: and make an impact in this world. I didn't want to have the regret of not trying. That comes from today's guest, Paul Maskell. And if you are a first-time listener, how's it going? My name is Heather Parody. I am your Host and today we're gonna hear from Paul who says that he quit his job, he traveled, and then he hired out and scaled his business. Say what? Pretty much this is the story. Paul was at his job, he didn't like it. He looked down the road and said, You know what? I don't wanna be doing this for the rest of my life. So he quit his corporate career, grabbed his backpack, traveled for a couple of months saw that there was more to life, came back and built multiple businesses that he scaled and ended up selling and now helps entrepreneurs let go of control of their business, scale and have a life of freedom. Anybody in the back want a little bit of that? Today, we talk about the mindset to get yourself to a place where you can hire out, let go of a little bit of control in your business, how we know which tasks we should delegate and when we're ready to do so. Are you ready for this? Listen, friends, if you have someone in your life, another business owner who's like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I have so many things to do and they're overwhelmed. They're working more hours than they should be. Maybe their hair looks crazy and they're walking around with a cup of coffee with big eyes that are caffeinated all the time. And listen, I don't know anything about that. That's never happened to me. I, I have no idea. But if you have a friend who's like that, love on them a little bit and say, you know what? I love you. You can get through this. And listen to this episode from Unconventional Leaders and Paul Maskell. And just slide that into their DMs, okay? Because I know Paul's wisdom is going to impact their lives. All right, y'all, let's get into this. Quitting your job, traveling, and hiring out so you can scale your business with Paul Maskell.
1: Growing up in Michigan, very blue collar. Uh, My dad ran his own hardwood floor business, so he was a one-man band. Uh, And pretty much every business owner, uh, at least... They they claimed themselves to be business owners. They were all kind of one man, one woman bands, you know. And growing up, everyone said, "Don't do what I do. Go to school, get good grades, go to college, go get a job, climb the corporate ladder, and use your brain instead of like you know your body." I guess to to build a business, you know. So go basically build someone else's business. So that's what I set up too, because that was what everyone told us to do growing up. Uh, Entrepreneurship like wasn't a thing. So I grew up late '80s, early '90s. So I. Got good grades and moved to Chicago and sat in a cubicle and started looking at spreadsheets, working in the finance world. Uh, and my goal, my dream was to climb the corporate ladder, get that, you know, get that corner office, maybe fly around all the time traveling. And then I realized that just wasn't for me. So I started in 2007, just before the crash. Uh, and then I, you know, 12 months later, I watched all these people who had been so committed to this bank, these big companies, these big financial institutions just get laid off one after another. So, to me, I didn't love the work. Uh, I didn't feel like I was making impact, wasn't making a difference. And I was just kind of doing what everyone else was telling me to do. uh, And I knew there had to be a better way. I didn't want to do something I hated for 40 years to then enjoy life in retirement, even though that's what everyone told you to do. Like that's the norm, be loyal to your company, blah, blah, blah. That just wasn't for me. So I quit my job, backpacked around South America, actually, for a couple months. And being down there, I realized that there is way more to life than. Just doing what I was doing in Chicago. So when I came back, moved to Raleigh and started my first business. And, you know, really everyone said I was crazy, but to me, I didn't want to have the regret of not trying at least. And everyone said I was crazy and I was taking this big risk, but I just had previously watched all these people who had a really secure, quote unquote, secure job lose their job and then lose lose everything else because their entire lifestyle was propped up, you know, by this job, whether it was their mortgage, their second mortgage, their kids' college, their car payments, all these things. Uh, And it didn't lead to a fulfilling life. So I thought, if this business thing doesn't work out, I can always go get another job. And actually, my first job in Chicago, I was only there for like six weeks, but I took it just to get into the city. I was making 13 bucks an hour, was able to live in the city uh, just fine. So I knew I can go get another job, worse comes to worse, making like $15 an hour and pay the bills. So that's what I did. I quit my job, started my own business, eventually had success, scaled that business, We had a lot of employees. We sold it. And I've done that several times since then. And really now what I focus on is helping small business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders really leverage their business to build a life that we love. So kind of the conventional wisdom is the better your business gets, the more successful is the busier you get. And you sacrifice everything to just keep this business running. And to me, that doesn't really make sense. So it's really my goal to help people figure out where they really want to go in life. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to live? How much money do you want to make? All those things. And then let's build a business to make that happen, and use your business as a vehicle to make that happen. So that's kind of the, the long story short. Growing up, you know, and getting to where I was today.
0: Can we talk about Africa a little bit? That's kind of an interesting piece. <laughs> what made you decide to go to Africa specifically? So, what was it about that trip that made you rethink like the way life is done, essentially?
1: Yeah. So I went to South America, not Africa, but South America, oh. and I always wanted to do it. So. Like the year before, I had, I had four weeks vacation at my job, and I saved them all up, and I went uh, to Central America for like three and a half weeks, basically backpacking around and just kind of immersing myself in the culture and seeing all the things there is to see. And that kind of got, you know, the kind of the, the non-conventional travel bug. Most Americans, they're going to go to, you know, Cancun, or they're going to go sit at a resort, they're going to go to an all-inclusive and be fat and lazy, more or less, and boss people around. And that's really not my style. I knew I always wanted to go do the Inca Trail and do Machu Picchu and do all these things that are out there in this world. And I thought, what better time to do it than after I quit my job and have nothing to come back to. So we were in Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia. So I was there for two months, basically. And just everybody there was way happier than any human I ever ran into in Chicago. And they literally had no physical, tangible assets Stuff that we as Americans like to accumulate, but they were way happier. Like to me, it it just didn't make sense. Of like, why are we running this rat race? And there's really no end in sight. There's no end goal. It's really just to kind of keep the machine going. So once I, you know, saw all the locals, we traveled very locally. You know, on buses, backpacking around. AMC. So not-
0: you went with a group. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, so, well, the first two weeks was me and my wife. So, my wife is from Colombia. So, we went and stayed with her family and traveled around that country for a couple of weeks. And then she, we weren't married at the time, we were dating at the time. Uh, she came back up to Raleigh. And then uh, I was, yeah, I was with a group of, you know, everybody that wasn't an American, basically. So, uh, Europeans, Australians, and folks who were just, uh, it's kind of funny when I was down there. Americans thought, like, you're going to be gone for two months. Like, that's ridiculous. And then all the Europeans and Australians and everybody else were like, you're only here for two months. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, we're here for 12 months. So it was just an eye opening experience for a lot of different reasons. You know, nothing against American culture, but there's so much more to see in the world. And there's so many more important things, in my opinion, than just working this job to get two or three weeks paid vacation you know, and have all this stuff that really doesn't add any value.
0: I think what's difficult is a lot of us feel that unease, like we're not happy in that cubicle or what, we, what we've what we built, what we've found ourselves in. And we have this experience. We want to do more and be more. But where do you start with that? Like you came back home, you had to look at the skill set that what you had within your hand and build something from there. You were in finance. Is that what you built your business around?
1: No. So it's total opposite. So when I came back, I said, I'm going to do something I really love. I really don't care how much money I make. I just want to make an impact every day and have fun every day. You know. And I didn't know it at the time, but I realized now that if you do that, you'll probably actually make more money because you're serving a purpose. You're, you're so fired up. You're impacting more people. And the more people you impact the more money you're going to make. It's really just a byproduct of how well you're serving the world, in my opinion. So we were running. uh, I had always played sports growing up. I had coached sports. Um, So we were running actually after school golf and tennis programs for elementary kids and summer camps and parent-child events. So it was super awesome. Uh, And then everybody that I hired was super excited because it's like, this is the best job ever. So total opposite of where I was before, like in the cubicle, everyone's like, this job sucks, but every job sucks. I guess I'm going to stay here uh so really everybody that i hired they were so excited to go hang out with kids every day the kids were so excited the parents were so excited the teachers were so excited so when you can do all that and when your financial gain is based on how many kids you can serve like to me that was like a no brainer it's like cool the more kids i get playing sports hanging out with other kids teaching them lifelong lessons the more money i can make the more people i can serve so it was just a really awesome experience so uh getting into it i said I could do this making like 20 to 30 grand a year. I don't really care. I'd rather do that and have fun and enjoy every day instead of make way more and be miserable, you know, five out of seven days.
0: So how long did it take you to get that off the ground?
1: Yeah, so it took longer than expected because I thought this is a no-brainer. I just like call schools and they're like, this is awesome because it didn't cost the schools anything. It was a parent funded program. So it was just like an elective you can do after school and we had scholarships and everything so depending on how many paying kids paid we would offer scholarships to kids who couldn't afford it so i thought i'll just call the schools and like yeah come on board but they didn't say that so i basically called every school here in the raleigh area and nobody called me back and i'm like this is just d- doesn't add up like i thought it was just like a no brainer we have all these hopes and dreams in our head and then we go start pounding the pavement and it just doesn't work out so you know when i saw i saw other people doing this i'm like we just must have to continue to persist. So really it was just persistence. We got our first, actually our first location wasn't even a school. It was like a community center. And then we got our first school and then we used that to get a second school. And eventually over time we had, I don't know, like 40 schools and thousands of kids every year and summer camps and everything. But yeah, at first there was plenty of days where I'm like, did I make the right decision? Should I just go get another job? Even if it's a fun job, you know, Whatever it is, Uh, but eventually persistence paid off. I knew once we started getting kids and getting the testimonials and getting parents and schools excited, it would take off. It was just that first three to four months of kind of doubting yourself, of like, wait, what am I missing here? So, so yeah, so the first it wasn't all you know sunshine and rainbows, but eventually uh, we were able to do a pretty cool thing here.
0: That's so cool. Now, kind of fast-forwarding time, just for time's sake, you are now really passionate about helping entrepreneurs work a little more strategically, work a little bit less, uh, automate, uh, build a lifestyle around their work. Sometimes you get involved in business thinking, well, this is is actually going to be freedom for me and find out that you're working even more than if you had a regular job. And the stress that comes along with that is sometimes unbearable. So tell me a little bit about how you transition into the work that you're doing now.
1: Yeah. So I I probably thought the same thing like, oh, I'm just going to have a bunch of freedom. I can do whatever I want. I can be my own boss. And you know, and I really realized when I was sitting in a cubicle for like two or three years, um, my number one goal was to get out. Like that was my life vision. After that, it's like everything's gravy, or at least I thought. And then I just, I got stuck in kind of the rat race that, you know, a lot of business owners get in. I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. In my opinion, it was still better than the cubicle, but it still wasn't sustainable. And, you know, I was probably like most entrepreneurs who get to that point where, We think we can't delegate. We can't give up control. Nobody can do it as well as I can. This is my baby. But, you know, I really got to the point that I realized if something happened to me, this business would go to zero real quickly. My employees wouldn't be happy. My wife wouldn't be happy. These kids wouldn't be happy. Uh, so I really realized kind of going back to when I quit my job, the worst case scenario was I can just go get another job. Well, for me, the worst case scenario is if I delegated everything to Heather and it was just not a right fit. The work's just going to come back to me and it's already with me anyway. So I might as well give it a go. And when I say work, it's like all the back end stuff. We had coaches out there delivering the program, but I was still the main cog in the wheel. Just you know, bouncing all over the place, doing the finance, doing the marketing, doing the sales, doing the customer service, emails, phone calls, all that stuff. And eventually, I just didn't have any more time. I, we couldn't keep growing. Because I was the one getting in the way. So, you know, got over that hump, started putting systems and processes in place, started hiring some of my coaches now to work kind of in the office and help me with all the administrative work and back end work that most people don't see. Uh, so we were able to do that very successfully over time. We scaled it up and then we actually sold the business after about four years. And then that's when people started asking, well, how do you do that? I want to do that. And to your point, nobody started our business to say, man, I can't wait to work 24-7. I can't wait to like, come home from work at 7 and then go do all the books and the finances and the payables and the marketing and try to do something on social media. But that's usually what happens. You know? And then all of a sudden, the work is running us. We're more stressed out than we had a job and that's not a good place to be in. So it really started helping people kind of more on a part-time basis at first. And then, you know, it really kind of turned it into my full-time thing eventually where now that's really my main focus. So we did it again with one other small business. It was actually a dog walking and pet sitting business. I bought an existing one. Kind of the same thing playing into the passion. Like how cool is this? Like the more people we can keep happy and the, I get to hire these people who are so excited to hang out with pets every day. So we scaled that up and actually sold it to an employee uh, who was ready you know, to take his first jump into entrepreneurship. So did that along the way, but not really full-time. I really help you know, small business owners uh, automate and scale their business so they can make more money, have more time, and do what they really want to do in this world. And, and in my opinion, it's our business that can empower us to do everything we want in this world as long as we have that strategic vision and plan to put in place. Otherwise, the business is just going to take us over.
0: How do we know when we're ready to do this?
1: Well, unfortunately, most people hit that point when it's too late. So I always tell people, like, if you feel yourself, like you can see what's, going, what's coming down the road. Don't wait until the pain is too unbearable to then like, start taking action. So the great thing is it's easier than ever to systematize, automate, and delegate in your business There's a piece of technology out there for everything. Uh, you know, whatever business you have, I guarantee there's pieces of technology that people have already built that you can just pull off the shelf and start really automating your business that way. And then it's the gig economy. So whether you're looking for a virtual assistant, a very part time employee, you know, an administrative assistant, it's very, it's, you know, it's cheaper than ever to do these things. So. You know, if you're starting to feel a little bit of that pain, I would address it now. Unfortunately, most business owners wait until it's too late and they're already working like 80 hours a week and they're like, I know I need to do this, but I don't even know where to start. I don't have time to start. I learned the hard way in the first business. So when I took over, when I bought the second business, I basically took the first six months of ownership and just put everything in place. So then we could scale it. But obviously, I didn't know that until I made all the mistakes the first time. So, you know, if anybody out there is wondering, like, should I do this? I would recommend, I would say the revenue point is usually maybe you're getting closer to like the hundred thousand dollars in revenue just from a basic ballpark scale, where you can maybe start hiring, you know, a VA to help you with certain things or an administrative assistant or a phone answering service. Or, you know, there's so many niched services now that you can just free up one, two, three, four, five hours a day. So you can continue to do, you know, more high, higher dollar per hour jobs than things that, that you really probably shouldn't be doing anymore.
0: What should we ask ourselves as far as where we should start? So every business is so different. Um, Automating certain pieces or handing them over. Do we all start in the same place? We should always outsource this or are there certain questions we need to ask ourselves to identify where we start?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Heather. So the very first place I tell everybody to start is get really clear on your personal vision. You have to know where you really want to go in life in order to know what kind of business you need to build. So... You ask a lot of business owners to say, you know, what kind of business you want to build? Or how much revenue you want to do? And everyone's like, I want to do seven figures. And then you say, well, why do you want to do that? And what's that, what does that mean to you? I don't know. I just want to, I want to be a millionaire. It's like, well, you need a purpose behind it to become that ultimate filter to drive your strategy. Otherwise, you'll never get to seven figures because you don't really know why you want to get there. So I really start with a personal vision. You know where do you want to live? How much do you want to travel? how much do you want to give back? how much time do you want to volunteer? How much time do you actually want to work in your business? and then we can figure out how much money is that actually going to take and then we can figure out how big of a business do you actually need to build in order to achieve that lifestyle and it's usually a lot less than most people think. So once we have that number, then we can start what I call as kind of the delegation snowball. so this will really help you determine where do we start. So I just go through every I I view any business that has... It basically has five systems. And if you follow the customer journey, those are basically your five systems. So the first one is lead generation. People have to start to learn about you and get excited about you. The second one is turning those people into customers. So your second system is sales. The third one is all of your customer service, customer relations type stuff. So just dealing with them, whether it's phone calls, emails, the experience you deliver. Uh, The fourth one is obviously the actual service that you provide or the product that you sell. And then the fifth one that nobody really thinks about, everybody hates, is kind of the back-end operations, everything else that makes it go. So if you look at those five systems and you just break down every single thing that you do within that system, how do you do lead generation? What's your social media strategy? All those things. Every single system, you write down all these processes. How often do you do it? Who's doing it now? Who should be doing it based on the ideal business you need to build? How often? How much time does it take? And then the last one is When should we delegate this so if you have 120 processes in your business, just using that as a random number, what's the number one thing that you want to delegate tomorrow? And you can go one of two ways with this. I recommend you go with the easiest thing just to start building momentum of delegating, getting confidence in delegating. It's a lot of its mindset, trusting other people. So whatever's the easiest thing, it could be, Hey, I send out this report every day or Hey, I post this thing every day or Hey, I print this out every day, whatever it is in your business. If it's the easiest thing someone else could do, delegate that tomorrow. So if you have 120 things, that's number one on your list. And you just go down until you get to the last one. If you do one thing every day, your entire business will basically be delegated within like six months max. So the other way you could do it is the thing you hate doing most just to free up that mental clarity of like, God, I really hate doing this thing, but I got to do it every day. There's somebody else out there that loves it. The only tough thing with that is if you've never delegated anything, sometimes we can't build that confidence or that momentum because it might be a tedious task, even though you hate doing it, it's kind of intricate. So you probably don't want to start with that one because you're not going to be confident. Whereas if you start with the easiest one, start there, work your way down the list. You're going to build confidence. You're going to build that momentum. You're going to build that snowball. So by the time you're doing this, like after a couple of weeks, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And then you'll get to where you want to go way quicker than you ever would have thought.
0: This is simple in theory. Like I can understand what you're saying. What is so difficult about the implementation of that? Where do we get stuck?
1: Uh, It's the mindset. So I can't afford it. I don't have time for it. Nobody can do it as well as I can. I can't find good help. Whatever it is, it's always mindset. And you know, if you have that, to me, if you have that clear vision, that becomes your ultimate filter. You know, you have to do these things now in order to get to where you want to go. Hey, I want to travel for four weeks. I want to have every Friday off. I want to, you know, volunteer every other Monday, whatever your ideal life is, that becomes the ultimate filter. So then when you look at those goals every single day, it's like, yes, this is going to suck. I'm not going to love it, but it's going to get me closer to where I want to go. So progress is only made when you do things you suck, like that just aren't fun. So if you think about going to the gym, if you lifted the same amount of weights every single day, you're never going to make progress. You're going to maintain, which most business owners, that's their number one goal is just survive the day. But if you just do a little bit harder things every single day... You'll build those skills, you'll build that momentum, you'll build that confidence. And then you look back, you're like, wow, look how much progress I made. Even if you think about, you know, running or walking. Yeah, you can't run a marathon tomorrow. But if you ran a mile tomorrow, I bet you could run two miles next week. And then maybe you can bump it up to three and four, you know, however you train, just the same way with your business. So getting over that mindset hurdle that yes, you can afford it. Yes, other people can do it. If you can do it, so can they. You're not that special. And at the end of the day, it's just business. So if they screw up, they don't do it the way you want, you just go fix it. And then you put a process in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. And if it impacts your customers, you just communicate it, own it. And what you'll find out is your customers love you even more. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, no one's ever cared so much about such a mistake. That's really not even that important to begin with. So, you know, it's not life or death. It's supposed to be fun. Enjoy the journey and start just getting over those mindset hurdles.
0: What's some of your best uh, resources for finding these freelancers? VAs help.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I use, so I've always kind of used people that I already that already work with me. So like when we were growing our golf and tennis business, I just reached out to all of my coaches who were delivering the service and said, "Hey, we're going to start ramping up. This is where we want to go. We're going to need help doing more than just coaching. We're going to need help doing all these things." And like a bunch of people raised their hand. And I just said, it's gonna be like incremental. Like you might get five hours a week. And then once we're good at that, it might go up to 10 and this is our end goal. You're gonna be full-time at some point. And they were totally cool with that. We did that, the same thing with our dog walking and pet sitting business. We had a bunch of dog walkers and pet sitters out there. And I just said, hey, we're gonna need help doing sales and marketing and interviews and scheduling and all that. Who wants to do it? And we started putting people in place there. Um, I'm a partner in a landscaping business. And we did the same thing there. Like, hey, we're going to need help in the office. Who wants to come help in the office? Who wants to go do estimates? So these are more like obviously local businesses. And if you're running an online business, you can do the exact same thing. Even if you don't have anybody. Uh, I have found, you know, stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads that are really... They they don't want a full-time job. It's like I could do two hours. I'm working with a client right now. He needs someone 10 to 20 hours a week. He wants them based in the US. He wants them with experience. And he found like a great... Stay-at-home mom was like, this would be perfect. Ten to twenty hours a week, it fits my schedule. I can do it when my kids are at school, you know, or when they're taking naps or whatever. Uh, So, you know, just reaching out your community. And then, if you do want to find VAs, there's a ton of really great services out there. Uh, I know the founders of two different ones. Bottleneck Solutions, I think it's called like Bottleneck Solutions or something like that. Jamie J is the founder there, Uh, and then the other one is uh, FreeUp.com. F R E E up.com freeup.com uh Nathan Hirsch was the founder of that one so I know them pretty well and they're really great people to get like Nathan was on my podcast recently and he his first VA hire every time is literally just hiring someone to go through his inbox every night so when he wakes up in the morning he's only got like two or three emails that he has to act on everything else has been taken care of so there's so many ways you can free up time that you, you probably don't even think of. Uh, one other snippet for anybody out there, think about stuff in your personal life that you could free up time with. So we had a kid. Once we had a kid, we hired people to clean our house. Like best decision ever. It frees up like with trying to clean a house with a kid is almost impossible. And it takes you had a You
0: hired a kid to help clean the house?
1: No, we hired, a cleaning, we hired a cleaning company. Once we had a kid, we hired a cleaning company to clean our house. Okay. But it freed up like our entire weekend if you're spending time doing anything in your personal life, cutting the grass, going grocery shopping, whatever it is, what you can pay somebody else, your time is worth way more than that. And they're going to do it better because that's what they're good at. They're going to do it cheaper and they're going to be way more efficient. And they're going to do it every time that you want it done. So like, it's nice to have our house cleaned every other week with a kid. We usually, that usually doesn't happen because like we're cleaning and they're making a mess behind like, but when you hire a company to do it, it freed up an entire day of our weekend. So that's time you can't get back. So thinking unconventionally too, of how can I free up time outside of business as well as, you know, is another good strategy.
0: You mentioned at the very beginning of this, that when you found yourself in this cubicle, you really felt like this sense of, there wasn't a lot of purpose to your work. And I was just wondering like through all of this, what kind of purpose do you have now?
1: Yes. that's. I mean, it's a great question, and you know, really, that's what gets me fired up every day. Is every day I get to wake up and help small business owners achieve their vision, their goals, and their dreams, and take whatever they're good at and make go make that happen and leverage that business to do it. So, I get like, I'm up at four in the morning every day, fired up to go help these people because I know that uh, that'll, that that not just impacts their life, but their family's life, their employees' lives, their customers' life and the ripple effect there is amazing, you know, instead of kind of going the conventional route, everyone says, go to college. Well, there's plenty of people out there with six figures in debt, not using that degree, or they never finished that degree. Because if you look at 18 year olds, you don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life when you're 18. Why would you go into a whole bunch of debt? So, you know, just thinking outside the box and figuring out what you really want to do and having the patience to take the time to figure it out. Like you don't have to figure it all out. I don't know what I'm going to do in 10 years from now, but I know i know where, I'm, you know, where I want to go, but if other opportunities come along you know there's there 's so many more ways to do things. But when I can wake up every day and impact other people not only short term but really change the direction of their life their family 's life uh, is way more rewarding and you can 't really put a price on that
0: Amen Paul. I have one final question for you before we go first of all, thank you so much for your time and your generosity uh, this was very uh, meaty in like 30 minutes. I feel like there was so much here. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Where can people connect with you? And if they want to work with you, how do they do that?
1: Yeah, so I I would say the best place to connect would be my podcast. So you're listening to a podcast. So I run a podcast uh, twice a week. It's called Business Owners Freedom Formula Show. So we interview an expert once a week. And then I do a solo show once a week, just kind of diving into tips and strategies that like are tactically working for me or not working for me. Uh, so look that up, Business Owners Freedom Formula Show. And then if you do want to work together, if you just go to paulmaskill.com slash mastermind. I run a mastermind for small business owners. We get together virtually uh, once a week and hold each other accountable, help you put a plan in place and really kind of guide you through the process so that way you don't have to go it alone so you can automate and scale your business, go on the journey with other people. Uh, because what I found is business ownership can be a really lonely, isolating world, especially in times where, you know, you aren't even allowed in some places to get together in person. So, you know, to really combat that isolation, we get together every week, dive deep into, you know, business and life to help, you know, everyone reach their full potential and get to where they want to go. So that's paulmaskill.com slash mastermind. Go there, check it out, fill out the application, we'll chat.
0: Paul, very last question. Let's say we were to go back in time to this Paul who is sitting in this cubicle and he hadn't left yet to South America and gone on this adventure and took this risk and jumped into this sports business and then ended up buying all these other businesses and now helping other entrepreneurs. He had no clue what his life was going to turn out like. If you were to go and sit with him in that cubicle and tell him one thing that you understand now that he did not know back then, what would that be?
1: That's a good question, Heather. I would say, you know, do your own due diligence and don't just listen to everybody else. You know, just because everyone else is telling you this, what you should be doing. You know, really take that time and figure out where do you really want to go. And if you can get clear on that personal vision, and maybe it is still being an employee. There's plenty of great employers that that is there, especially as you know the millennials come up, and there's way more to life than just money. They want to enjoy what they're doing. They want to make an impact. They want to have a purpose. You know, but don't just follow the herd. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have way more regrets following other people instead of kind of setting your own path, blazing your own trail. And I really didn't want to have any, I'd rather try, try things, obviously with the strategy in place and not just go, you know, jump off and try and build a parachute, have a strategy. But also I didn't want to have the regrets when it's all said and done of, man, I wish I would have tried that. I wonder what would have happened, you know, and really, like I said, at the beginning, the worst case scenario is never as bad. So I would encourage my younger self and anybody else in that position like before you get too far into something and i saw kind of the writing on the wall eventually at that we're like you're kind of too far into this corporate world and you've got all this debt and you've got all these obligations and you know before you before you make too many commitments kind of figure out is this something i want to do where do i really want to be in life and just go do it you won't have any regrets you know because the worst case scenario really isn't that bad
0: My big takeaway from today's conversation was, what is the worst that's going to happen? Why do we not just try things, go after it? Because like Paul said, you can always go out and get that job later. If there's something pressing on you, go ahead and run after it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to look back on my life and just wonder what it would have been like to at least try. Try, my friends. Just try. Go after it. Connect with Paul at paulmaskell.com. And hey, listen while you're going after it, while you're trying, while you're being a little bit unconventional, head over to our Facebook group and find a tribe of like-minded individuals who will support you in your journey that is unconventional leaders over on Facebook. Cannot wait to meet you over there. All right, y'all, I'll see you in our next episode.